the apostles gathered around Jesus and told him that all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest for a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them coming and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As Jesus went to shore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized Jesus and rushed about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please pray with me. Help us, Lord, to find our way to those deserted places where we can be alone with you. Help us to find our Sabbath, your last gift to us at creation. Amen. Do any of you have a deserted place? Do you have your own deserted place? Somewhere where you can escape from the hustle and the bustle of your life. Too many of us, I think, at least I can speak for myself, too many of us are t attached at the hip to our smartphones, our emails, to Facebook, to Twitter, to Skype, to Waze, to Google Maps, and to our voicemails. Some of us have come to believe that with all that technology and all those pieces of equipment, and I have two of those in my pockets now, that somehow makes us more connected. Well, we might be more connected to the Internet. But the question for us today is, are our lives more connected in the ways that really and truly count? As I was preparing this sermon, I wrote this next sentence. The sentence says, I learned a great many lessons from my mother. And as I was rehearsing my sermon at home, my sister said I, that was wrong and I had to have a, a different sentence. And the sentence should, we, should read, my mother taught me a great many lessons. The jury is still out on just how well I might have learned the lessons <laughs> that my mother taught me. So I'll own that correction from my sister. But a favorite memory of mine and my sister and my brother will stay with us, I'm sure, for the rest of our lives. Back in the days when our mother could not pass up a, the opportunity to take a bus trip or a cruise or a plane trip or a tour or even walking around the park for three or four miles, my brother and my sister and I began to pressure her to get an answering machine. Year after year, at Christmas time, one of us would broach the subject. So mom, why don't we get you an answering machine this year for Christmas? 
And mom would say, no thanks. I don't want one of those things. If anybody wants to get in touch with me and I'm not at home, they can just call back. We would say, but mom, sometimes we want to get in touch with you. And you're out and about so much, we don't know where you're at. And that's okay, she said. She didn't care. If I'm not home to answer the phone, then I'm not home to get your messages either. So just keep calling until I answer the phone. So we had just about given up on the whole exercise. It had gotten, in fact, to be a joke. Year after year at Christmas, one of us would throw down the question, what about that answering machine? So one year, as we were heading out the door to go shopping for Christmas, we had our coats on, we were at the door, and my brother said, with a laugh, why don't you come to Walmart with us this year, and you can pick out your own answering machine. So we just giggled and headed to the door, and as we were walking out the living room, Mother said, no, that's okay, just get whatever kind you want. Well, that caught us up short. We wheeled around, went back into the family room, and my brother said, you've got to be kidding. She said, no, you should get whatever type of answering machine you want. And I said, well, because I'm, I'm the very organized one of the bunch. I said, no, uh, we, there's lots of options. We can get the kind that attaches to your phone, or we can get a kind that's a standalone unit. Or we can get the kind that has a digital, I mean, no, this was a long time ago, a cassette tape uh, to record the messages. We get one with big buttons, if you want big buttons. There's lots of options. She said, no. She said, you get whatever you want. It doesn't matter. And I remember very clearly saying, thanks, Mom. That makes us really, really happy. She says, I know. I know. That's why I want you to go ahead and get whatever you want. So, again, we headed to the door. Walking away from her, she's talking to us to our backs, and she says, it doesn't matter what kind you get, because as soon as you leave after Christmas, I'm going to unplug the blankety-blank thing and put it in the closet. But since you really, really want to buy me one, and since it's going to make you very, very happy that I let you buy me one, go buy me one and spend a lot of money on it, and that'll make you all feel better. So now I know that my mother knew where her deserted place was. It was a place that was not controlled by answering machines and voicemail. We, of course, in all of our young adult wisdom, we knew that if she didn't, we thought that if she didn't have an answering machine, that she was not connected to us. And that was wrong. That was very, very wrong. So we heard today in the gospel that Jesus called his apostles, his disciples away to a deserted place. What we didn't hear in the gospel reading, because, you know, they start and stop in odd places sometimes. What we didn't hear, the, next, the first few verses before, tell us that Jesus, they had just sent the disciples out on their very first mission trip. He gathered the twelve, got them all dressed up, tidied up, sent them on the road, go out, teach and preach and heal and, and tell the gospel story. So... In today's gospel, they're just back. First time, they all showed back up to report back in to Jesus. And they are full of news of all that they have done. They've taught, they've preached, they've performed miracles. It was just wonderful, they told Jesus. And they were so busy, the gospel tells us, that they did not know whether they were coming or going. They were so busy, 
that they hadn't even had time to eat. So I wonder for how many of us that's the story of our lives, of our families, that we're all so busy coming and going that we don't have time even to sit down together and enjoy a meal. So Jesus says, let's go away by ourselves. We'll find a quiet place. Let's just go somewhere and rest. Now Jesus knew his scripture. He was a good Jewish boy and he knew his scripture. So he would have known that the prophet Isaiah had said, It is in returning and rest that we shall be saved. It is in quietness and in confidence that we find our strength. It is in returning and rest that we shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be our strength. Those words from Isaiah and that subtle message from Jesus provide a frame, I think, for the Sabbath time that we should find in our own lives. Returning, rest, quietness, confidence, strength. Jesus knew that those disciples needed some downtime. They and we, or I'll just keep owning my own stuff, I, uh, can only be about the busyness of my life for so long. I suspect I could say the same for most of us. We can only be about the busyness of our life for so long at a stretch. Of course, as we hear the rest of this story... From Scripture, we know that the crowd saw Jesus and the disciples heading out of town in a boat, and sure enough, they figured out where they were going, and they ran around the shore of the lake to be there before Jesus even showed up. And when the boat came, we hear that Jesus saw the crowd, knew that they were like sheep without a shepherd, and had compassion on them. And it's interesting to note that the response of Jesus was to begin to teach them. Seeing them lost like sheep, being filled with compassion for them, we're told that Jesus began to teach. He didn't heal. He didn't raise the dead. He didn't do any miracles. He didn't feed the 5,000. He didn't exercise demons. Jesus did all those things eventually in his ministry. But the first thing he did, we're told, is he had compassion on those that he saw, and he taught them. And then Mark, as he is wont to do in his gospel, he tells us that Jesus taught them, and then he didn't tell us what the lesson was. So if it was so important that the first thing he did was teach them, what did he teach them? Mark doesn't tell us. We don't know. But I think that's a cue we're supposed to take because each of us probably have our own lesson to learn. Each of the people that heard Jesus teach had their own lesson to learn. Each of the disciples had their own lesson to learn. So maybe it's not so important that Mark didn't tell us what Jesus taught them because we each need to figure out in our own lives what it is we need to learn. So taking a cue from that desire of Jesus that he get his disciples away and rest for a while, the lesson for me today, at least as I understand it, is that I'm supposed to remember the Sabbath and I'm supposed to keep it holy. 
Now, I do a pretty good job of remembering. I, I almost always know when Sunday rolls around. That's, that's, not, that's not a mystery for me. But I'm not too very good about setting the day aside as a day of, as a day of rest. Because there is always another email to write. There's another book to read for work. There's another problem that the bishop sends me off in the diocese to go work on. So the lesson for me is to not only remember the Sabbath, but to keep it holy. Because the Sabbath is God's last gift to us at creation. After the sun and the moon and the stars in the sky and the water and the plants and the animals and the mountains, the gift of life itself, the very last thing God gave us is rest. Like the lessons that my mother tried to teach me and that I did not always learn the first time around, Jesus also has lessons for me to learn, and some of them I have to learn over and over again. So if, like me, you too might have a problem in finding your Sabbath, maybe you need to also relearn that lesson. Find your deserted place. Find your Sabbath time, and then keep it holy. Let us pray. O God of peace, who has taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved, and that in quietness and in confidence we shall find our strength. By the might of your Spirit, lift us, we pray, to your presence, where we may be still and know that you are God.